You're listening to the Party in My Plants podcast, and you're about to learn a thing or two about being more disciplined and that anyone can transform their body and health. Welcome to the Party in My Plants podcast, where I make healthy living as fun as a party so you'll, you know, actually want to do it and then actually feel, look, and live your best. I'm your host, Talia Pollock. Now let's get this party started. My guest today is one of the most remarkable humans I know, and not just because he has like a 1,200-pack. It's actually because when I first met him, he had a negative five-pack. My friend Gabe Colby is living proof that the three Ds, determination, discipline, and daily commitment, pay off. Like, big time. Because not only is Gabe a dude with a very low body fat percentage and an amazingly clean diet, but he's also a guy who's played as a lead trombonist for the ESPY Awards, the NASCAR Awards show, and you can hear his toots in the ESPN college football theme song. For reals. I am so excited to talk to Gabe about how the discipline, determination, and daily commitment that led him to become a world-class trombonist also helps him be a fit and healthy human like we all aspire to be more of. So let's get into it. Gabe, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me, Talia. I'm pumped. I'm excited. Oh my gosh. We have been friends for what, like 15 years? We grew up together. Oh man, probably 15 years. And we've both really watched each other evolve into completely different people from who we were when we first met. Absolutely. It's been really cool. And I feel like you're one of the only people I grew up with that really gives two hoots about their health and happiness. Man, that could be true. Not too many of our friends from those days. Yeah. 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 But okay, let's be real. You weren't always into your health and wellness. Not like I was either, but this is about you. Can you explain what you were like back in the day during, let's call it the plump Gabe era? Oof, the plump Gabe era. Well, it was super awkward in years that tend to be awkward, which was middle school was probably the peak of my plump era. And um, I mean, I really could dial it down to just having awful eating habits. And those awful eating habits were a drinking a ton of soda, so a lot of sugar in my diet, and also just really no regard for for how much I was eating or what kind of stuff. So Mm -hmm. I was definitely really out of shape and not very active. I mean, I really just was spending most of my time playing video games back then. So it, it snowballed, and I wasn't always overweight, but I mean, over time, it kind of just peaked at around middle school. Right. And did you just not know any better or were you just not listening if your parents told you to eat healthier? It wasn't so, I mean, my parents are both in really good shape, uh, especially relative to their age right now. But I'm eating super healthy, even in the general culture, I feel like it wasn't as around as it is now and the information wasn't as available. I loved sports um, growing up, like when I was in elementary school and still into middle school, but I wasn't on any organized sports teams and I was starting to spend some more time in music, which kind of takes away from some of those more movement-based activities. And Mm -hmm. so less listening, I guess I was just really comfortable. I mean, I wasn't happy 
with my image, with how I was looking, but I was definitely comfortable with my current routine, which was just eating a lot of bad food. Right. And I think the music really has a lot to do with it because in high school and middle school, we're all encouraged to play tons of sports or or pick a hobby at least. Totally. And for you, your real passion and gift in life was music. So I guess that kind of meant you didn't move the same way as everybody else. Yeah, it ended up being that way. And I mean, if I'm being honest with myself, those times, I, I didn't really make music my first priority yet. I was just playing. I just wasn't moving in my other life. I've, I, in life outside of music, I was kind of just sitting on the couch playing video games. So, yeah. Right. But you have a really cool story about how you completely changed your body. I freaking love this. Please tell everybody. Yeah, sure. So I, well, I was getting out of my uh, peak plump Gabe stages. And uh, so (laughs) it was about freshman year of high school at, at the end of freshman year, beginning of sophomore year. I kind of just got to a point with my body. I was starting to see some changes. It wasn't as in as bad shape as I was. And I decided I really wanted to do something about it. So all I really knew about was I really hated running uh, the mile trial in gym every year. Mm-hmm. Like it, it was awful because my time was always so bad. <laughs> so <laughs> I went out to run just to see where I was at, thinking I could run maybe an eight and a half or eight minute. I forget what the qualifiers or whatever were. Back yeah, then. something in the eight. <laughs> I think eight fifty. What? Might have been eight fifty. So generous. Nice. I know it's really generous. <laughs> <laughs> so the next day I got out and ran a mile. I ran a 1030 and I I was destroyed. I mean, my legs were destroyed. I was so tired and sore for days. And I had friends. <laughs> we had friends back then who were playing soccer and stuff who were in great yeah. shape running like sub six minute miles for sure. Oh, some, that was insane. Some people doing sub five. <laughs> and uh <laughs> I just decided then that I really wanted to be able to run a sub six mile. And so for the next two and a half years until senior year of high school, I trained myself to a five fifty mile. That's incredible. That's just mm-hmm. insane. I mean, I've stuck with goals. I set like hundred mile run goals that I'll do in a month or something. But something for two and a half years, I just how did you stick with that for so long? Yeah. It's funny. For me, it's one of those things I I'm I'm a musician these days, so for my living. So I, I have to, you know, practice really diligently every day as part of my career. And part of that goes with having ups and downs. Uh, but I think what gets you, what gets me through all this stuff was when I started, you know, I ran that 1030 and it wasn't fun, but I ran a few more times. And two weeks later, I think I had probably already knocked off like 15 seconds. So I'm like, okay, you know, I can, this is getting better at least. Right. And then if I knew I could just keep beating my time, I obviously knew it was going to get harder mm-hmm. as I got better, but I always figured if I just keep beating my time, then I'll, I'll get to you where eventually, it is eventually get there. <laughs> I love that. And did you? So you just monitored your progress just by writing down 
your mile time and just seeing it go lower and lower and lower and lower. Yeah, it's funny. I can't, honestly, thinking about it now, <laughs> and now I've been training more seriously, it, I am, I like, good job, high school, Gabe. That's nice yeah. because I, I think I just really ran a bunch of different kinds of lengths like I did some 400s did some stuff longer than a mile did some stuff not as long wow. and then I would always come back to the mile I wasn't writing it down I, I had my mile time down and then eventually I was getting some times but mostly just yeah just getting out there and running making sure I was doing better than last time that's amazing. And, you know, one like myself would think that that in of itself, achieving such a monumental goal like that would be your first time experiencing, wow, you know, determination and discipline really pays off. But you've had a lot of other experiences, maybe even before that, that gave you that confidence that discipline comes to rewards. So, I think juggling is yeah. one of those things, Let's right? Talk about I mean, juggling. juggling is where I really saw you being the most disciplined human being I'd ever seen in my life. Yeah. Like, folks, let me just explain to you. Okay. <laughs> so we would go through a full day of high school, which you know is stressful and there's emotion and la lack of sleep and 20 tests a day and just chaos. And we'd all leave the school and we'd, you know, have soccer practice or basketball or whatever. I would go through a full basketball practice, change, have a snack and come out into the school lobby where Gabe would have been practicing <laughs> his juggling for hours after school. Yeah, It was insane. And I guess he had to do it. And you can confirm this at the school because there was a really high ceiling. You had to go to this like one part of this hallway or something where the ceiling was super high so you could throw your balls up really high. It's true. That was the oh. only place with a high enough ceiling I could work on the stuff that I wanted to work on. Unreal. So talk to us about your passion for juggling and, and what you learned and, of course, the big hair jugglers. Group. Oh, yeah, of course. Um <laughs> So it's funny, I had uh, a juggling partner back in those days, um, and we were good friends. His name is Chip Rubino, um, and we were just used to hang out all the time, and one time we didn't know what to do, so he taught me how to juggle. And really, the end, like as far as that went, I learned, and I kind of just got obsessed with it, which is how it's kind of just the way that I am. I find these things that I like, and I love getting better at them. Um, and then... So what kind of tricks did you guys do? Because I only really saw balls and those other, like, I don't know, like, what are they, like the clown things. Clubs. The clubs. Not to be confused <laughs> with clown things, but... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I don't mean any offense by that. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, we did all sorts of stuff. We were definitely more to the juggling side of all these kinds of circus kinds of arts, but we had a duo. So we would pass balls between us. We would do kind of solo routines and we had a, you know, a 45 minute and an hour long show that oh we would God. get hired to do. We had an agent at this time. So what? he was getting us gigs. We would play, for example, like when summer came around, we would be doing summer camps and little outdoor festivals. We would get hired for 
New Year's Eve and stuff like that. That's amazing. Yeah. So yeah, that's really both. That's how we both made money in uh, middle school and high school. And as far as some specifics, we were, I was juggling seven balls at that time and five clubs. Together? No, not at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) I was scooping ice cream at Cold Stone Creamery, making myself lactose intolerant. (laughs) So you win. (laughs) However, you did juggle fire. And if I remember correctly, something went wrong with that once. Yes, I I did learn how to juggle fire. I think I got torches for my uh, 15th birthday, as they're (laughs) called. And so in order to ignite torches you need really strong fuel so there's this mixture of lighter fluid and gasoline that i was using and i was really negligent and was like spilling it out on the pavement near my house and then i went to light one of the torches and then it dropped and literally the fire spread from the dropped match that i dropped it all the way to the container holding (gasps) some lighter fluid and gasoline and then that can of gasoline exploded literally <gasps> feet from my house so there were like five foot flames <laughs> right, oh. right by my house and my my dad was outside at the time <gasps> he, was getting, awesome. he was getting ready for a show because him and my mom are both musicians too so I, was, I screamed for my dad and was like, <laughs> oh, man. And it was, it was a big scene for all of us and the neighbors. So. Oh, my God. That is so funny. Yeah. So dangerous, but so funny. I wish um, you had had like a camera set up so we could watch that. But your telling of it is funny enough. <laughs> so let's talk about your present day life then, because now you're able to juggle being a rock star trombonist, which is incredible. And being a ripped ass athlete. Mm -hmm. So, how do you juggle those two things? Because both of them take a lot of commitment. And I know that a lot of my clients really feel that they need to put more effort into their healthy living or into their fitness, in addition to juggling being a mom, a wife, a girlfriend, a boyfriend, an employee, whatever it is. So, you know, how do you manage your day-to-day life with all these intense practices that you have? Yeah. Well, it's, well, the, my whole fitness philosophy and lifestyle has definitely evolved with my life as I went through college and out of college where I am now, even after grad school. Um, But the things that helped me the most, if I could boil it down now, would be routines. And so I really know what I'm going to do when I wake up every day. There's basically some non-negotiables, whether I'm on the road or or if I'm at home, or if I'm at someone's house. And these things are just the stuff I'm definitely going to get done. And some of those are out of necessity for being on top of the bands that I'm in. That's my work. So just like, other, if I don't do this work, which is maintenance on my instrument, I, I will not be able to play. And it's similar mm-hmm. with my fitness routines too. We can certainly dig into that stuff. 
That's so funny that you say non-negotiables because that's one thing that I talk about all the time. I say you have to have some daily non-negotiables and you have to make them as big of a commitment to yourself as brushing your teeth. Like I tell clients all the time that you don't think about, hmm, am I in the mood to brush my teeth today? Like maybe and you like, you know, rationalize with yourself. You know, twice a day, I'm going to brush my teeth. Totally. And I found with my healthy diet, that yeah. is the only way that I've been able to stick to it. I yeah. know without fail, I'm going to do these certain things. I am not going to eat this. I'm going to eat this. And that is the key for me, one of the keys to sticking with it. And it's just awesome. Guys, I didn't coach him to say non-negotiables. That is that is him. <laughs> and so I would love to hear what some of those non-negotiables for your health and fitness are. Totally. Well, that's awesome because I feel the same way. And I think you really just described discipline really well, which is just no matter what, it's not really a choice. And I think some people get hung up there and maybe look at this as kind of grim or not fun, but there, so I, I think we get mixed up with motivation versus, versus discipline. And if you're disciplined to do these things, you don't, you don't need really the motivation. You just, you just do it. Like, you know, you're going to do it no matter what, if you feel bad or if you don't want to. It's just like brushing your teeth. You're you're going to brush your teeth. Right. Like, you don't want to have bad teeth. You don't teeth. need to be motivated to brush your teeth. Right. You just <laughs> do it every day. Right. Um, but some of those things for me, um, first of all, I mean, the easiest one, because it's my top priority, is I'm going to put in between 30 and 45 minutes of really focused uh, trombone practice in, because that's what I need to stay in athletic shape on the trombone, which is really the best analogy I can describe for it. Yeah. It's like really athletic activity and you need to, you need to be conditioned. Um, so now today, uh, because trombone is physical and I have to hold it, there are a host of health problems that can come up. So I find that right after I get out of bed, I know, um, I'm going to also stretch for like 10 or 15 minutes. Oh. And the thing is, I know if I don't stretch for those 10 or 15 minutes, I'm going to feel it in my shoulder later in the day because I'm practicing this much mm. trombone. So it really, this isn't something I always did, which is why I'm talking about how it evolved. But now I know, like, I just got to do that or else I'm going to, I'm going to suffer. Right. And then, uh, Something else I've added recently is 10 minutes of meditation in the morning, which mm -hmm. just helps me be uh, just quiet and start the day in a positive way. It's great. And I do know exactly what I'm going to eat. And sometimes that changes. Um, so, but for right now, I, I'm eating a ton in the morning because I'm doing a lot of weight training, but it's like, I know I'm going to have three eggs, like six ounces of ground beef and some rice and probably a green drink. And I just nice. know exactly how long it takes me to make that. I can do it mindlessly mm -hmm. and I'm not thinking about it when I get up. I just, I look forward to it. Because it's, you know, you just, it's what you've proven to yourself helps you feel the best or do you get sick of eating the same thing every day? Do you plan it out? You said you know what you're going to do. You're going to eat the next day. 
you know, in advance? Do you, does that change or is it like every day? Cause me, I eat the same thing for breakfast every day. I might modify it with like, maybe I'll do blueberry. I just make protein pancakes every day. So sometimes I'll put blueberry on top or banana or coconut yogurt or whatever. But I know in the morning for breakfast, I'm having protein pancakes. And for me, that is awesome. I love the comfort of knowing that because then I don't have to be tempted with other things or, and the same with you. I don't, think when I make it. I can be doing a hundred million other things. My mind can be thinking about my next task and I'm just making my breakfast. And for me, that's just so comforting. So is that similar experience to you? Absolutely. And it has changed. I mean, I usually I'll stick with like a breakfast for like a year or, you know, like <laughs> maybe next year I'll do something different, but <laughs> I was exciting. <laughs> super exciting, it's really fun. but it is the same. Like uh, I've eaten the bre- this particular breakfast enough. And I, also, I experimented a bunch before I ended up on these kinds of things. So mm-hmm. it's kind of slowly just got there. But now I know if I do this, then I can practice and feel great later. I'll work out on that breakfast and feel great later. So it's a mixture of I love the way it tastes. It's easy. And I know it's going to make me feel good. Like I know if I do this breakfast, I'm going to feel like, a certain way, which is great. Oh my God. That's another thing that I talk about when I speak to my college students. The first thing out of my mouth is food makes you feel stuff. If you, you know, like a lot of people don't understand that, that like feeling a certain way is not just an arbitrary thing, being bloated, sluggish, tired, drained. That's not just random. Like it is directly correlated to what you put into your body. And so you just hit, I mean, guys, I'm telling you, I did not coach him to say any of this. <laughs> it's just really cool to have somebody else that really believes in the same philosophy that you're you're eating that certain way because it makes you feel a desirable way for you. That's awesome. Totally. And uh, yeah, I mean even more on that. I think there is there are other fundamentals in your life, but like look at the food first. And for me, totally I feel that way because you're eating multiple times every day. So yeah. this is something that's going to happen. <laughs> You know, whether whether you're thinking about it or not. Totally. So, and it absolutely, I found that, I, I mean, really, you can, and you can set yourself up. And that's how basically how I feel for breakfast. My other meals are much more variable, but I feel like I can set myself up for a pretty good, kind of consistently positive start if I know what I'm doing for breakfast. And what's in your green drink? In my green drink, sometimes I'll buy the super green suja one, uh-huh. or which is like, what is it called? King of greens or uber greens right now. It's one, it has like four grams of sugar. So I'm into That's it. That's good. Because you're uh, like yeah. pretty paleo right now. That breakfast you described is like paleo kind of to a T. Yeah. I mean, I do. There's rice in there. Oh. I don't know. I, I forget. I don't know how they're about rice I right just now. Know but it's like plants and protein. Yeah, I think they're really down on grains, which I mean, I eat a lot of brown rice, so I'm into that. Okay. (laughs) But, uh, um, oh, for the green drink, sometimes I'll just like blend stuff up in my Vitamix, like I'll throw spinach in there, usually some almond milk, and I don't really care that much about how this tastes. So (laughs) my roommate thinks it's so like, it's disgusting and gross, but that. Yeah, that's what I do. Just spinach and almond milk? So uh, an example <laughs> of a cr- maybe a crazy one that I'll do is like, man, not so much for breakfast anymore, but like I'll do an apple, some spinach, 
maybe some mixed greens like arugula, something crazy. That is maybe pretty, I'll put, like, that's actually crazy. A half a jalapeno in there and it'll be spicy <laughs> now. Okay, now you have gone into the crazy place. <laughs> yeah, it's too crazy. I don't even Whatever. But yeah. The fundamentals really. I I'll I'm really diligent about getting my greens later in the day. So usually the usually the first meal of the day I kind of let myself just like protein out mm. and I get some rice in there because for the training I do, I feel like I the carbs help me perform. Right. And right now you're into CrossFit. Yeah, I I am. I actually, I recently just stopped or I'm going to move on, but I am going to use a lot of the movements that CrossFit does. And I, I, lo- I think it's great. So do you, I, I mean, you've evolved with your physical activities so much, you know, you started running and I know you did Mm -hmm. hot yoga for a really long time or Bikram yoga and -hmm. you've done a million other things. Do you think for other people that it's wise to keep, you know, transitioning or do you, I mean, personally, is it because you just kind of go balls to the walls and then you get sick of something or is there a method to this or are you just sort of going with the flow of what your body's craving? Sure. Yeah. I I have a lot of thoughts on this these days because, and I have, I've gone through so many different things. And uh, now when I just, I had to sit down with myself and just look at my goals, which whenever, whenever anyone talks to me about this, I'm like, what, what do you want? Mm. And if you want to squat 400 pounds, you have to be squatting kind of a lot because that's a lot of weight. Oh, that's how but, it works. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, so you shouldn't be just doing yoga figure. if you want to squat 400. Crazy. Seems okay. so crazy, okay. right? Thank you for letting me know. <laughs> no problem. So downward dog is not going to lead to that. Good to know. <laughs> it's so funny though, because I'll talk to people. I don't want to downplay anyone, but if you want to run a marathon, you know, maybe, maybe your training has to be a lot more towards running. But if you just want a six pack and some lower body percentage. You don't have to run a marathon. There are so many ways to get about it. Well, tell some of those ways, please. So, well, (laughs) with my, currently I'm really thinking about longevity and being able to play my instrument forever, which is a taxing, taxing thing on my body. So I'm really into body weight exercises, Mm. really basic stuff. I see lots of handstands and pull-ups on your Instagram. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I love, um, yeah, just really working on the basics like push-ups, body weight squats, full range of motion and really getting a stretch and pull-ups. I mean, I think if you have a solid practice with those, you're kind of all set. It's literally my bucket list is to be able to do a pull-up. I'll get there someday. I'm You will I'm, get there. I'm working on it. How much does a you trombone weigh? Trombone weighs probably 8 pounds, something like that. 8? Yeah, it's oh. not heavy. Oh, that's not but, that. But it's just the yeah. awkward holding of it. Exactly. Yeah. You're holding it in for hours. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even just like lifting your arm up for hours is hard work. Totally. Man. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Them you know. guys, those musicians, they're athletes. They're working. <laughs> we are. I got to tell you. So I want to wrap it up by going back to your superhuman discipline because mm-hmm. it's really been – 
you know, for knowing each other for like 15 years, that's the one thing that comes to mind when I think of you. Just this insane ability to put your mind to something and achieve it and block out all of the stuff that's going on and all temptation really and just bang out those goals. And I'm sure that there are people listening right now, as I would be, being like, okay, well, maybe this guy has some, you know, gene that allows him to be so disciplined. And maybe that is the case. But I would venture to guess you have some perspective on helping people that don't think that they are a very disciplined person. Like if someone's like, how do I start? Just with that running goal, I think that was amazing. You know, if if someone wants to just lose a little weight, run until you get your mile down. I mean, that's a great place to start. So what would you say to somebody that is wondering how they can stay with a goal like that? Mm -hmm. I think the way to do it is um, to, first of all, just keep it simple. And the simpler your goal is, the easier it's going to be to be disciplined. So the good thing about that running goal for me was it was very specific it was possible, and um, I could measure it really easily. So I, I literally, I there was a time involved every time I went out there, and um, and I think if you're starting from a place that's, oh man, I don't know if I can ever be disciplined in general. Well, chances are you wake up every day, and that's a choice to just get out of bed. And so I think just start really small, change change a very small thing. With my fitness journey and a lot of others, I think maybe we try to tackle too much, Mm -hmm. which is why I said I'm into the body weight stuff now because I think, yeah, say you want to do one, you want to work your way up to 25 Mm push-ups. Break that down. Do one push-up today. Uh Or if you can't do one push-up, do one push-up on your knees. And then you did it. You achieved your goal. Maybe it was small, and you. But now you're on your way to working towards maybe something bigger. Right. So I just think keep it simple and keep it achievable in a way that you can see progress. Because once you can see progress, I think you gain confidence in yourself, and then you you know you can do it. One hundred percent. I could not agree more. That is why when I set my running goals, I literally write a number, and every day that I you know, knock off miles towards that goal. I write how many miles I've written. I mean, I've run and I show how many I have left. And I literally see that end goal so much closer with every run that I do. And it's just like you, you get the immediate gratification and that for me is, is it. So, I mean, I love that you feel the same way and, that you're, I mean, you really are the master of discipline in my mind. So to hear that (laughs) you think the same, that is really encouraging. Yeah. One other quick thing too. I'm not (laughs) super into quotes, but there's one that's been helping me a lot recently. Don't know who said it, uh, (laughs) but I just heard it. And it's that we greatly overestimate what we can do in a day and greatly underestimate what we can do in a year. Mm. So I think that's just really good knowing that you know, maybe this week isn't going that well, but how did you do a month from now? Remember that goal, like my running goal, which was an aggressive goal, I think looking back at it, cutting four minutes plus off a mile, 
but it happened over two and a half years. Yeah. It was a really long time. And I, if I ran a mile every day, it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have gotten there. So it's just, remember, just do something today. You're not, you don't have to go all the way today. I love that. Do something. I love it. And I love it. And it's true. And then you just, it was awesome because I, I mean, from the outside, it's cool because we just saw you all of a sudden look like a new person. <laughs> it, it was so odd. All, I just like, I never even, and it's funny because you don't see the progress. I feel like it's harder. Right. Like you, you might not feel like you're changing every day, but you are. And it was just right. like, I don't know. All of a sudden you were just like, what? Gabe is so fit. Like what? <laughs> um, it's just really cool and impressive. So Thank while you. you mentioned a quote, I'm wondering if you do have a favorite book that's really impacted you through all your journeys. And you once recommended to me a book called what to say when you're talking to yourself. Oh, I, that book was called... Oh my God. If you guys saw his face right now, <laughs> it was as if I just told him, I don't know, like he won a bajillion dollars. He just lit up like a Christmas oh, tree. <laughs> this book was actually called How the Way We Talk Can Change the oh, Way We Work. Uh, what the hell was I talking about? I don't know, about? but I, I know, I do know I what you're talking about. I think that's a different about. book. I don't think so. Because I, I feel like... Did I just make up a new book? Okay. Well, that's my first book out, you guys. And coming 2017. I recommend no, it already. Just kidding. Uh, what is it really called? This one's called? Oh, your book. Yeah. This one's called How the Way We Talk Can Change the Way We Work. And it's kind okay. of how language just affects you, your own self-talk and everyone around you. And it had a profound influence on the way I talk to people and communicate with people that I work with. So That's cool. That's yeah. awesome. And do you have a favorite restaurant and a favorite plant party dish at that restaurant? Plant party dish. I just yeah, yeah. planty dish. Nice. I, yeah. There's a <laughs> there's a vegan raw restaurant here in Pittsburgh called Eden that I think is awesome, and they changed their menu. Been there. You've been there, of course you have. Yeah. Um, They've changed their menu based on the season, and I had some burritos there recently that was like black bean burrito, some rice, some almond cheese, and a bunch of other stuff that was just amazing. Definitely some avocado in there, so I loved it. Mm, all right, guys. Eden in Pittsburgh, awesome. where to be? And finally... What is your favorite plant and your favorite way to eat it? My favorite plant, I'm going to have to say, is spinach. I have always mm. loved it. I've always loved spinach. Wow. And how I'm cooking it these days is sauteing it in a little bit of olive oil. I actually put some uh, apple cider vinegar on it, in almost as a substitute for lemon juice. And right. definitely saute some garlic with the olive oil. So it's just basically you know, spinach olive oil, apple cider vinegar, and garlic. Really awesome. That is like the healthiest thing <laughs> I've heard. That is just like garlic is so insanely healthy. Apple cider vinegar, spinach. Oh my goodness. That sounds amazing. Sounds, it tastes as amazing. So simple. Yeah. Wow. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Gabe, for taking time out of your day to talk. I mean, I although I wouldn't be surprised if you were like doing wall sits while we were talking this whole time or something. <laughs> <laughs> I really appreciate chatting with you. And I hope you guys at home got something out of it. Just you can be more disciplined, one simple action at a time. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, Talia. Tell the listeners where they can find you. 
Uh, well, first of all, thank you for having me, Talia. Happy to come on. I'm pumped. I love party in my plants. <laughs> and um, the best way to see really all the different things I do is my Instagram, which is just at Gabriel Colby. And you'll find a lot of workout stuff and food stuff and music stuff. So that's awesome. And then also, I'm sure we'll link it in the show notes, but I have a couple of bands that I run uh, that I manage and play in, and they are Sea Street Brass, Beauty Slap, and River City Brass. And we'll link to all those things, but you can see me if you're ever in the Pittsburgh area, and I travel all the time. There you go, you guys. Thank you so much. We'll talk soon. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to the Party in My Plants podcast. I hope you're feeling pumped to get some routines on lockdown and establish your non-negotiables. Also, maybe you're feeling a little jazzed to pick up juggling? For all the links, recipes, and ideas mentioned in this episode, plus so much more that makes healthy living not suck, pop on over to partyinmyplants.com slash 16.